Hello and welcome back to the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Now it's been a bit of um, time between podcasts um, and I do apologise about that, but we are back and we are back with a bang. This weekend, it is the magic round in the NRL, probably my favourite round um, of the NRL. You get all the teams in Brisbane, three days of football and it is a great spectacle and promotes the game better than any other round, probably up there with Indigenous round as well. Those two rounds are the centrepiece of our season, uh, and it's a great round of footy. It usually produces some very good quality matches, and I'm hoping that it will do the same this week. And it starts off with the Newcastle Knights up against the Bulldogs. And this contest, well, people might not be overly interested in it, but I think it poises um, a few... Big, big headlines. I think it's a must-win for both clubs. If you look at where these two sides are currently at the moment, they do sit um, at the bottom of the ladder, and they would be marking this game down as a must-win. For Newcastle, well, they've just been poor since their start of the season. Started the season with two wins from two, and then from there have been completely disappointing and have just gone backwards. Um, their leaders aren't standing up. Ponga has re-signed at the club. There was a lot of question marks around the contract that he got and how much he is actually worth. And they really need him to stand up and deliver when it matters. The Bulldogs, they got a really good performance um, in them against the, uh, the Roosters only a couple of weeks ago They when they upset them. Uh, but unfortunately against the Raiders, it, it just appears that they went another step backwards. And it's, that seems to be the case with the Bulldogs at the moment. It's one step forward and it's a couple steps backwards. After they put in a good performance, a very good performance against the Roosters, they were unable to back it up, and that's the biggest concern for mine for the Bulldogs. I think Matt Burton has been sensational to start the season. Um, you know, we're, we're 10 rounds into the competition now, and he's really settling into that 5-8 spot. And I think Adokar is returning to his try-scoring form that we've seen in Melbourne previously, but uh, you can't underestimate the work that he has been doing out of yardage and providing the energy from that squad. He's the real energizer bunny of this squad. Um, new, just to touch on Newcastle, look, I think it's time that maybe Caelan Pongham wears the six jersey. Um, they just need his hands on the footy uh, more than they are getting it at the moment. Um, it allows him to get in the first receiver a lot more and take the game on and be the dominant uh, playmaker. Because I feel like at fullback, he's um, sitting back relying on his halves. Through putting him in the six, it'll force him to go and find the footy and force him to make decisions. And Caelan Ponga, when he gets on a short side and it's a four-on-four, four, he is one of the most dangerous players in the competition and he just makes defences nervous. So I think putting him in that front line will really uh, benefit, but not only Caelan's football, because I don't think Caelan has been playing horribly this season. Obviously, we know that there is a lot more um, in his game and that he can go to another level. But it'll benefit Newcastle moving forward. I think if they move Tex Hoy to fullback, he's a natural fullback. Tex Hoy has been playing 5-8. He played 5-8 last week against the Cowboys. He'll play 5-8 again this week. I think a move between the two and swapping them around may actually benefit them moving forward. Um, it'll allow Tex Hoy to go back to his natural full, uh, position, which is fullback, but then also allow Kalen Ponga to get his hands on the footy a lot uh, sooner and a lot more often. Um, but, yeah, as I said, this is a must-win contest for both clubs, um, and they're going to have to fight, and it, I think it'll be an absolute slugfest. Um, these two teams, they're not exciting to watch at the moment, and that's um, that's the fact of the matter. They aren't exciting to watch, and um, it's pretty 
for this match to start off Magic Round. Um, it's pretty disappointing, but look, what it will be is it'll be an absolute grind fest. Um, it'll be a, a contest where you're going to have to to get the job done. You're going to have to stay there longer for the opposition. Whoever minimizes longer than the opposition, whoever minimizes their errors, um, both with the footy and attack, and then also defensively with their discipline, I think will go a long way to win this contest because I don't think um, these guys have the defences to back up long periods of pressure on their goal line. and um, So whoever holds the ball and is in dis- most disciplined will win this game of footy. And I'm actually going to go with Newcastle. I'm going to tip Newcastle in this one um, just to really break the, the duck of what they've been on recently. I think there's been a lot of talk in the media. Um, and we talk about in the NRL, big players standing up when it matters. And I think Caelan Ponga will really take the opportunity of Magic Round to really stamp his authority on this contest. And he'll need to um, if they're to get the job done because he'll have to be the best player on the park um, if that is the case. So Caelan Ponga is really going to have to stamp his authority on the game. He's going to have to take it by the scruff of the neck. And he has done it in Magic Round before. And it's a big game. It's a big round. It's a big contest. There'll be a healthy crowd in there. So he's really going to have to take the game by the scruff of the neck and play like it's a big, big game. Because, in fact, it is. Every game this week is massive. So I think Caelan Ponga, um, along with the leaders, it's really time for the leaders in that forward pack at Newcastle to stand up to the likes of the Siafidi brothers, um, Clemmer, uh, Barnett's back from suspension. So expecting a big big performance from him. He's got a lot to make up from for the time that he missed out on. So I think Newcastle, they have enough flair um, and they have enough grunt uh, if they decide to turn up and play the way that they can. So I'm going to go with Newcastle, but with no real confidence. And it's basically because Caelan Ponga um, can win them the game of football on his own. But don't be surprised if Matt Burton puts on a masterclass and gets the Bulldogs over the line in this one. Okay, in this second game on the Friday, it is the Manly Warringah Seagulls up against the Brisbane Broncos. And Brisbane, they have been fantastic within the last two weeks um, with defeat, uh, with victories against the Sharks and then South Sydney. Two performances were, which were really based around their defence. That one against um, Cronulla in Brisbane, their defence was spectacular on that night. Um, Katoni Staggs did a great job at um, shutting down Talakai. And then if we look at them against South Sydney, they were there again. They stopped the likes of Cody Walker. Yes, Cody Walker hasn't been having a great season, but they have been. They were so sound defensively. They turned up for their next man. And they have been playing some great footy in the last fortnight. I think it all comes back to the introduction of Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds is getting so much... Um, he's getting better game by game in this squad. He's slowly starting to develop combinations with his outside man. He's had a bit of stability in that spine. Um, Tamaro Martin, he's been fantastic at fullback since he's come in. Um, and then Tyson Gamble is now the six with Billy Walters um, deputising at the nine jersey. So there's starting to develop a bit of combinations and a bit of... Um, continuity in that spine, which was which has been the biggest issue for the Brisbane Broncos over the past couple of years. They've been chopping and changing their halves combinations. They haven't been able to lock down a nine, and their fullback, it seems to be a bit of a poison chalice at the minute. But Tamara Martin, he's been, like I said, has been very solid in his return, and it's great to see him back. Um, obviously, Payne Haas was out last week, 
but it was a next man up mentality for that forward pack. I think Patrick Carrigan has been fantastic this year and in the absence of big pain heart has really stood up and announced himself as a premier um, as a really, really solid front rower in this game. And I think um, I would have him making his debut for Queensland in this year's state of origin. And it's great to see him returning from injury and getting into that form. Manly, well, they look fantastic at home against the West Tigers on Saturday. Uh, packed house to Brookvale. Not much beats a packed house in front, or a packed house at a suburban ground like Brookvale or Leichhardt. It's fantastic to see. It's what rugby league is about. And Manly, they just really turned up and got the job done. And it was another Trebojevic brother. And this time it was Ben Trebojevic. He scored two tries. And it was just great to see that family come together and celebrate together. Um, we all know how good Turbo is and how good Jake is. But Ben Trebojevic is a very solid player in his own right. And it was great to see him get the recognition that he deserves. I thought Daly Cherry Evans was good in that performance as well. He really took the line on. And his running game was um, fantastic, especially with that long-range um, effort. That... Um, that centre, uh, Kula, he is fantastic. He um, he has the flair, he has the strike, he has the speed, but then he also has the grunt, um, the ability to get into the game, get into the arm wrestle and really take it personally, um, Take uh, make the battle with his opposition centre personal. And he makes it one-on-one. He makes it, I am better than you. And he really takes it to his opposition centre, which I really like. I think this year we're seeing the return of the centre battle and the strike centre, and it's great to see them going one-on-one. We saw, like I said, with Talakai and Stags only a couple of weeks ago, Stags calling out Talakai. But it was so great to see, um, and it's great to see a new wave of um, youth come in and really stamp their authority in the competition as soon as they get in here. Um, the biggest thing for me in this match, I just don't get... Um, Manly listed as the home team here. Uh, Manly playing Brisbane in Magic Round. I just don't know why Brisbane have an away game in Magic Round. I think if they're playing in Brisbane, they're playing at Suncorp, they should be forced to have the home game. It's effectively giving them 13 home games this season, which is a disadvantage to every other club. Um, every other club has 12 home games and 12 away games, but Brisbane seem to have 13 because they get the Magic Round um as an away game. So that is really concerning for me. And I think the NRL, it's not the first time the NRL have done this, to be honest. It seems to be every magic round is an away game for Brisbane and it gives them an extra home game. So I know Brisbane is the heartbeat of rugby league, as they say, but you've got to do better than this. You've got to make it fair for everyone in the competition. I know it's tough on every team who's been given the home game this week because they're having to take a game to Brisbane and away from their loyal fans and who, um, they believe should be, um, you know, where they think they should be playing. But you'd think that Brisbane would be forced to play a home game this week. So that is what baffles me. But despite that, I think Manly, they're too powerful. They're too strong. Although Brisbane, they've been playing some really good football. um, I think Manly will just have the poise and the ability, um, the strike, uh, just to get the job done. And I'm really intrigued to see how this battle goes between Daly Cherry Evans and Adam Reynolds probably two of the top five halfbacks. Yeah, two of the top five halfbacks in the competition. So it'll be great to see them go one-on-one. That kicking battle will be fantastic um, to see. 
The first game on Saturday is the New Zealand Warriors up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And it's interesting for this one, Cody Nikarima, he comes up against his former club in his first game for his new club in the South Sydney Rabbitohs, obviously signing earlier in the week. And I think it's a very interesting pickup from Southsets. Um, it gives them a bit of cover in that halves position. Um, they've obviously got Taff, who will probably go to Jersey 14 once Latrell returns from injury. Um, so it just provides them with a bit of cover and a bit of experience in a spine position and a player who can cover all different positions on the field. Um, you can play a bit of, you can play in the halves, you can play a bit of nine. So it allows them uh, a bit of depth in the spine if they look to go that way. Um, but I'd imagine that he'll drop out of the squad once Latrell comes back and Taff goes back to that bench role. The Warriors, they've been extremely disappointing the last couple of weeks, and they are going backwards very, very quickly, and they've got to do something about it. Um, their performance on the weekend against Cronulla was absolutely disgraceful. Um, they had Cronulla down to 11 men. They A send-off within the first 20 minutes of the first half really should have been enough to really just allow them to play football, take the game on, and, um, and really, really win this contest. But the way they did it was just – the way they played was just very, very silly. And it was like they've never played a game of football before. They forgot how to go through the middle. They forgot how to play direct. And they tried to run around them and really just move the ball and see if we can find an overlap. Yes, I get that when you're down – when you get the opposition down to 12, you think you've got an overlap every time. But you still got to remember to play through the opposition and play down the middle third of the field. And they didn't do that. The Warriors, they've just, they're really just starting to go backwards and they're, they're, there's really no excuse for it. They've got the stable base where they are at the minute in Redcliffe. So they really should be playing some solid football, but they just don't appear to have the cattle or have the, I don't know what it is, but I just don't think they're a very, very good side this year. I think they're a very poor side in season 2022 and it's very disappointing to see because you need, the the competition needs the New Zealand Warriors to go well. Maybe it is what maybe the return to New Zealand is what they've got their eye on already. Maybe they're thinking we need to get back there, and we're only looking forward to get back there. But again, they've just they've been really disappointing this season. They promise so much in certain patches. They play some really good games of footy. Like they've beaten the Cowboys this year. They played some really good um, footy in patches, but they just can't seem to do it consistently. So this is a really really big test for. The Warriors, and if we look at the other side of the coin, South Sydney, I guess you could say the same about them. They've been extremely disappointing this season um, as well. Obviously, the loss of Adam Reynolds um, is being what's thrown around in the media um, as the sole reason for this season um, not being as success, uh, not being as successful as it was last season. But I don't buy that. I think it is just a lot. Uh, there was a lot of changes last year at South Sydney. Obviously, Reynolds leaves, Gagai leaves, and them immensely miss Gagai. They've struggled to fill that left centre spot. They've changed that uh, that man who fills that role um, on a couple of occasions. Milne's, deputy, uh, Milne's played there, Paulo's there, um, and Tass has been there. So they're really unable to knuckle down a left centre um, to replace the likes of Dane Gagai. Um, they're really missing Jaden Sewer, and I think his ability to be a player who just really changes the game. When they've looked to um, last season when Sewer was out there, if the game was in a lull or, or South Sydney, were, the opposition was getting the, getting on top of South Sydney, 
Jaden Silva would just pull something out of nothing, whether it was a big shot, a carry that was really strong. Um, and I think they're lacking that at the minute. They don't have someone who's got that in them. And they struggled the same way. I'm not saying that, that Sua and, and Bur- they struggled the same way in Burgess uh, when Burgess left. I'm not saying Sua and Burgess are on the same level. Obviously, Sam Burgess has done a lot in this game compared to uh, Jaden Sua. But they're really missing the role of an enforcer, and that's what both of they were. I don't think they have an enforcer in that forward pack to really take the game by the scruff of the neck. I think they've got an incredible lot of workers like Cameron Murray, Jairo. They work extremely hard, but they don't have the enforcer, which really balances the forward pack like they did last year. Um, And in saying that, you know, Cameron Murray's been fantastic. I think Lachlan Ilias has had a very good start to the season in his first um, season in the NRL, full season in the NRL. So I think he's been really good, but it all comes back onto Cody Walker and everyone is pounding Cody Walker and the football that he is playing. But unfortunately for Cody, he just hasn't been at the levels that he was last season. And last season he was playing some brilliant football and that back end of the season, his ball playing and his playmaking was fantastic. And, you know, it's been looked at all this week, there was a play on Thursday night, which was just which sums up where Cody Walker is at the moment. Uh, there's a there's a break down the right side of the field. Cody Walker's got a three on one. He refuses to throw the pass for some reason. Last year, Cody Walker's trying that and and no issue, but now he just seems to be holding back. Cody Walker plays his best football when he's not thinking. He's currently what I think he's doing. He's overthinking what he's doing. He's trying to overplay his hand. Um, is that because no, there's no Latrell because Latrell's injured? Is that because Adam Reynolds is no longer there and there's a rookie half, so he feels like he has to do more? I don't know, but he's not doing his role, which he was doing last year. If he's able to go back to what he was doing last year, geez, they will be back in this competition. But Cody Walker has got a lot of improvement in this game, in his game for this season. They can't seem to hold the ball at the minute, South Sydney as well. Their error counts and their completion rate is horrible. But it's just not where it needs to be in the NRL. Um, But do I think South Sydney can get back to where they were? I don't think they'll get back to a grand final height, but I'm not prepared to write South Sydney off just yet because I think they have the players in that squad uh, to really get back. They're really going to miss Cameron Murray in the next month. He's gone off and had some shoulder surgery. Um, So they're really going to miss him and his inspirational leadership. Um, so it's a really big month for South Sydney. They have a relatively soft draw. So this could be where they either cap- absolutely capitulate and we start seeing South Sydney lose um, and just dr- drastically fall um, down the ladder. Or we could see them just really find their brand of footy, find what their their brand is in 2022. It's going to be different, um, but this is where they can really cement that and show the competition, hey, you know, we're not where we were last year, but we're not that bad, and we're not as bad as people are suggesting. So it's a really intriguing month for South Sydney, and I'm really looking forward um, to what happens because South Sydney, they're such a proud club, and they deserve, they they always want to be up competing for premierships and competing for the top four. Um, so it's going to be a really intriguing month, and in saying that, I'm going to tip them to get the job done here over the Warriors. I think they are just a better side, um, even though they're not going that well. I think they still have a bit more flair in this one. The Titans come up against the Dragons, and, geez, these two sides. The Dragons, they've been playing some 
some good footy over the last month. But the Gold Coast Titans, they are going extremely, uh, they're going backwards extremely fast um, from where they were last season. I wasn't overly impressed with the Titans last season in saying that. Yes, they made the finals, but I thought they were pretty lucky to make it after what seemed to be a year which was, uh, the top was very, um, was very far from the from the bottom. And, and the, the bottom couple of teams in the eight were really just making up numbers. And I thought that was the case uh, with the Titans. And they're just going backwards this year. They, they've changed their spine up again. Uh, AJ Brimston only had a couple of weeks at fullback. That experiment's now finished and he's back in a 5-8. Um, it, it just, they don't excite me. They, they really don't excite me with the way they're playing at the moment. They've beaten the Warriors and the Tigers. Um, and that, that game against the Tigers, they only won it on the bell. Um, they just really, it's, they're a side that, which don't excite me at the minute. And, and that was the thing I said about the Gold Coast Titans at the start of the season. I thought they would excite me. I thought they would have moments in their game when they can come out and, and play freely, play without fear and, and have their young players just really take games by the scruff of the neck and say, push the pass and, and look to play play football and, and really just take the game on. But this season, they're just not where they need to be. David Fafita, he's out injured at the minute, but before his injury, he wasn't, he wasn't producing what he was last season. Again, I, I've been extremely critical on their halves and how they've used him. I think uh, it, it's not all David Fafita's fault and people solely place the responsibility on him. It's definitely not just his fault. It's the work of his inside man to get him the footy and get him into the game. But like, the Titans, they just yeah, they just don't excite me. They seem to be going backwards, um, and they're really, really struggling at the minute. Um, but for St George, um, I, despite a very, very bad loss to the Storm, I, and can we read into that too much? I don't know because Storm, Melbourne, they've been doing that to most teams in the competition, but they've been okay like for the past couple of. Uh, weeks before that performance. They got the job done over the Tigers the week before. Um, and they've looked good. Um, but for me, Tyrell Sloan's got to get back into that fullback jersey. Um, he's been tearing it up in reserve grade. And it just, it again, it doesn't make sense to move on the likes of Matt Dufty and Corey Norman to commit to f- your future. And then for Tyrell Sloan um, to not be playing. I guess Moses Embi has been solid, I guess. Um but is solid what you want? Do you want the flair of Sloan? I think you'd rather take the flair of Sloan. Uh, this one, I think this has a, a the potential. Like These guys can put points on. They can throw the footy around. Ben Hunt's been in career-best form at the moment. And personally, I know uh, Cherry Evans is the captain for Queensland, but personally, I'd have him wearing the seven jersey for Queensland. Um, he's been in fantastic form, and he's just taken... Um, he's taken this dragon side with him, and they, they're really gaining another leg under his leadership. So in saying that, I'm going to go with St. George to get the job done and get the victory in this one uh, on this on the second game on the Saturday. Now, this final game on Saturday night, well, this is going to be the game of the season. And there's a lot of people saying that. And it's the, the Melbourne Storm up against the Penrith Panthers. Many people saying this one's going to be the grand final this season. And currently, it's hard to go past that. Um, these guys, they're just they're just above the rest. These two are the clear best sides in the competition, um, and it, it's shaping up. I, I think it's fantastic that this is a game which is going to be played at Magic Ground. Um, 
it, it negates the, the home ground advantage for each side. Um, unfortunately, the weather is looking extremely bad, um, so it's going to change the game style of these sides. But I don't think anything will mar, um, will put a, a damper on this um, this game and this contest, which we're about to witness on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be an absolute battle. It's going to be one of those games where you just sit back for 80 minutes. You watch two sides. You watch 34 blokes just absolutely belt each other um, and leave nothing out there. Um, with the fact that it's going to be torrential rain, I'm probably going to lead towards Penrith and, and the kicking game of Nathan Cleary. I think he, he'll just kick uh, Melbourne to death. No Pappenhausen for Melbourne either. That's a big, big loss. He's been in fantastic form um, at the moment, uh, doing things which many people are doing, leading the Dally M's. Uh, he's playing some superb rugby league. Um, so that's a really big loss. Nick Meany moves to the back. And it's it's really, um, you know, with Melbourne, they're just such a system. They're in a system where, and both of these teams are very similar. It's a system where you just stand up and the next bloke replaces whoever's out. You, you think, okay, Pappy goes. Meany's going to slot in. He'll be a very, very good replacement there. And then Hiromeo and, and comes on the wing. Um, Seve comes into the centres for uh, Remus Smith, who's out injured. Um, so it's really just one of those contests which um, you're, lipping, you're licking your lips up because you know what you're going to get. You know what to expect. Um, but the fact that there is no puppy at the back, Nathan Keery's kicking game um, in what is going to be some wet conditions they are reporting. Um, I think Penrith especially after their, their loss last week to Parramatta, they'll be looking to bounce back and go back to uh, winning ways. And it's just a contest. You could say absolutely anything about this game and you, would, um, you wouldn't be doing it justice because this is going to be a game which is, is up there with the games of the season. And the thing I love about these two sides is their ability to change tempos within games. They can slow... They know when to slow the game down. They know when to speed it up and play fast. And they just both do it so well. They're able to go, uh, they're able to flow in a shape, flow in a structure so simply, so quickly, so easily. And it's like an effort. It's like effort. Watching them is, they do it so effortlessly that it's beautiful to watch. It's just what rugby league really should look like, the way these two teams play um, and, and just how they control tempos. I think Nathan Cleary is the best at it. But the pace of Munster, Hughes, um, Pappenhausen obviously not playing, but Grant and, and Grant as well, their ability to do it as well um, and quicken the speed of a game, quicken the tempo is fantastic. I think Nathan's the best at slowing it down, but that's Melbourne's spine. Geez, they're on, in some fantastic form. And they can just flick a switch. They can flick a switch for te a 10-minute period. And they go out there and obliterate a lineup and absolutely destroy them. So... In tipping this one, I'm going to go with Penrith because, as I said, Nathan Cleary in the wet. But it's a it's a it's a game where you just don't know what's going to happen. These two teams don't like each other. You know, when you're playing a grand final or a prelim final, you usually develop a rivalry, and one is very much developing between these two sides. I'm going to go with Penrith. No real confidence because I don't know what's going to happen. But what I will know. Uh, what I do know is going to happen is a fantastic contest between two sides who are playing phenomenally. 
phenomenally at the moment. So Penrith to win what I'm predicting to be the game of the season. Sharks and the Raiders are the first game on the Sunday afternoon. And Cronulla, what a performance it was from them on the weekend in Shark Park at Shark Park. As I said, down to 11 men at one stage with the Jesse Ramian, Simbin, and the send-off to uh, William Kennedy. They just really put their teeth on the mouth guard, really just got stuck in and got the job done, and it was fantastic to see. They're really developing a, a system there in Cronulla under Craig Fitzgibbon, which just turns up, gets the job done, really strong defensively, and they backed their defence to win them games, and that's what they did. Nico Hines was fantastic um, on the weekend, playing both sides of the field, playing fullback, playing half. He, whatever happened on the field for Cronulla, Nico Hines was in the middle of it, and he was fantastic. Um, the middles, they're standing up. Um, McInnes is starting to find his feet. Graham's starting to find his feet. Finucane's being fantastic as that leader of the forward pack. Toby Rudolph is playing well as well. So everyone in that lineup, they're just starting to gain confidence. It's so good to see they're just slowly building and starting to put the building box into place. Um, and this will be a great opportunity for them against the Raiders. The Raiders, it was a very... Very good win from them against the Bulldogs. And I don't want to discredit them because their backs have been against the wall. A lot of criticism has been coming at that Canberra side. Um, a lot of criticism coming at Ricky Stewart. A lot of criticism coming at the way um, the Raiders are losing games. But against the Bulldogs, they stuck solid. Um, the Bulldogs, they came home strong. But they really just stayed together, backs against the wall, that Ricky Stewart mentality, you would have been getting into them all week, saying everyone's against us, everyone's against us. Go out and produce a performance, which we'll be proud of. And they did that. They did a performance, which they would be proud of. Can they fix it? And can they improve 100%? They are nowhere near the finished product. Matt Frawley is still playing. Is at 5'8", Jack White now. Um, he, was, he was great against the Bulldogs. Um, so are they anywhere near the finished product? No way. They're nowhere near finished. But... They're just slowly building and um, getting better and better. Um, and, and I hope, I really hope that that win against the Bulldogs is a catalyst moving forward for this side, a catalyst for them to go, okay, when the going gets tough, because that was a tough, tough game against the Bulldogs, um, that when the going gets tough, they're able to win and they're able to win in the grind. Um, and when a team's storming home, uh, they're able to... to Stick to their defence, back their defence and win. And a thing for me was a lot of criticism about them not being able to hold on to a lead. They had a lead there. Uh, it was fourteen, t uh, a final score of 14-4, I do believe. Um, and just their ability to hold on. Um, you know, people might think I'm saying, oh, you're, you're overreacting, it's a win against the Bulldogs. But that for, for the mentality of that side, for a side that's lost... Um, a lot of games in the second half, and I've blown a lot of leads in the second half, not just this year, but over the over the past three years. Um, and even before they made the grand final, they have been the kings of blowing leads. You don't get the nickname of the Canberra Faders for no reason. Um, so their ability just to stay solid and, and stay in front and win um, in a position where you should be winning uh, will be fantastic for their mentality, moving for, their mental um, strength moving forward, knowing that they can hang on um, and just doing it once, um, 
will help them in the next situation that they get there, help them move forward. Um, and, you know, it's a great, great result for them uh, um, against the Bulldogs. And it just allows them moving forward to really um, gain confidence from that. So, this, so in saying that, I am going to tip Cronulla. I think Cronulla, they have been in some great form. That performance, as I said, against the Warriors was brilliant. One of the best of the season um, under the certain situations. Um, but I think it'll be a blowout as everyone is predicting. I think the Canberra Raiders, they will they'll really grind Cronulla down. Um, they'll get him into a dogfight and it'll just show that Cronulla have a different way of winning and they can win uh, games of football in a multitude of ways, um, which will really cement themselves as a premiership contender in season 2022. So the second game on the Sunday is the Sydney Roosters up against the Parramatta Eels. The Sydney Roosters, a great win over the Gold Coast Titans on the weekend. They produced a lot of points. Um, but what can we get from that performance? I think it's a performance like that is so hard to gauge because I think the Gold Coast Titans, they were nowhere near competitive. They were they were pretty poor, if I am honest. They, they just didn't show up. Some of the defensive efforts were abysmal. Um, but for the Roosters, you can only beat the side that's in front of you. Uh, Tedesco was fantastic, um, scoring a hat-trick. Um, so he's really got back to his form. The halves looked good. A lot of criticism on the halves and a lot of speculation about the future of certain halves with the likes of, you know, suggestions that Luke Keary has been shopped around other clubs. Um, so there's a lot of speculation going on at the Roosters at the moment. And you don't usually hear that chatter at the Roosters. They usually... Um, are very quiet, very silent about all that stuff. So it's very different to be hearing this um, out of the Sydney Roosters camp. Um, but yes, they got the win on the weekend. It was a very emphatic victory, scoring a lot of points. This is a big test. The way they're... Um, yes, you got the win against the Titans. Okay, chalk that down, way to go. But now you come up against a side like Parramatta, and this is a test. This is a big, big test. If you're wanting to be a side that's competing for premierships, competing for top four, you've got to back up performances like you did on the weekend against the Titans, back them up with a really solid performance. And that is the biggest test and my biggest question mark about against the Roosters at the moment. And it's weird saying that. Um, as I, you know, I'm big on the Roosters at the start of the season. I had them winning the premiership. But I do think that this is a big, big test for them. And a re this week we'll get a real big understanding where the Sydney Roosters are at. And the Parramatta Eels, well, they're hot and cold at the minute. And last week they were extremely hot in the Penrith cold. They broke Penrith's streak of 21 unbeaten games at home. They went to Penrith and they absolutely put on a performance which was incredible. Every player in that lineup stood up and played a fantastic game of football. And it wasn't like Penrith were poor. Penrith were very, very good in that game. But Parramatta, they were fantastic. Each Their system held up when the game was in the balance. Dylan Brown's return to six was great. That's where he needs to be. That's where he needs to be for that side to move forward. And that's no knock on Jacob Arthur. Um but that's his position. That's where his role is in that side, Dylan Brown. He's in the six. I thought Ryan Madison was really good off the bench, a fantastic try uh, 
from him as well. Gutherson, Moses, they're big names. Paulo, um, Regan Campbell, Gillard, Marnie, just everyone in that lineup. They were fantastic. But now this is the biggest test as well. So this game, really intriguing. Two big tests in my view for both sides. Their ability to back up their performances last week. Roosters, an emphatic victory against the Titans in terms of the scoreboard. Parramatta, an emphatic victory in terms of the opposition and the venue. Now you get to Magic Round. And the spotlight is really on this game. Four o'clock Sunday afternoon. People are going to be watching this game with with real, real interest to see where these two teams are at. Are Parramatta a side that can get up one week and not the next? Are the Roosters a side who can compete for premierships and beat sides who will be in and around there in season 2022? Well, that's going to be answered this weekend. And I think it is going to be a fantastic uh, game. The fact that we get the Storm versus Panthers and the Roosters versus the Eels in Magic Round is so good to see. They are two quality, quality matchups. Um, and it just will do the world a good for Magic Round moving forward, having high-class quality games. And I'll touch on at the end what I think the NRL needs to do with Magic Round to further build it. Um, but back to this game, it's a tough contest. I don't know where I'm going to go. Parramatta, they were great last week. Um, but I just think the Roosters, the amount of criticism on them during the week, the amount of speculation, the amount of talk, that never happens with the Roosters. Could you, I, I can just imagine um, Trent Robinson really getting into his troops and saying, look, let's let's make a statement this week. People are writing us off. People are writing some of you off individually. Let's get together and let's get the job done. So I'm going to go the Sydney Roosters to get the job done at Magic Round against the Parramatta Eels in a contest which is going to be fantastic. Magic Round finishes at 6 25 um, on Sunday night with the Cowboys up against the Tigers. Now, the Cowboys, they have been the surprise packet of season 2022. I had them down at the bottom of the ladder, securing a wooden spoon. But each week, they're just starting to become more and more of the real deal. Um, they're They're just playing some footy, which is very simplistic, but very effective. They go forward, then they move the ball to their strike players, it's just so smart, so composed, and so deadly. I think that the addition of Chad Townsend, whilst being criticised at the start of the season, has been fantastic. And it's exactly what that side needed. Not only has it been fantastic for his footy, his footy has, has skyrocketed. But for players around him, Valentine Holmes looks like the Valentine Holmes of old. Maybe it's because he's got a familiar face in that halfback position. Tom Dearden, he's playing some fantastic football. I think it's because the pressure of the playmaking, the organising is off him and it allows him to play a free, expansive game of footy. Scott Drinkwater, geez, isn't he playing some fantastic fullback uh, football in that fullback position? Uh, they've got someone like the Hammer on the bench. Their wings have been great. Uh, their forwards, Ruben Cotter, he's been fantastic this season. Jason Tamalolo, I could go through the list. Um, Lukey, um, you know, Nanoa, he's been brilliant. I could go through the list of the Cowboys and say they're performing above where they should be. Each player 
is just rising to another level, which we haven't seen from them. Obviously, the, the experience is players like, like Hiku, Holmes, Townsend, we know what to expect, but it's really their young guys who are really standing up and playing above their name, above their weight, and it's only beneficial for the Cowboys. The Tigers, they're after two wins in a row against the Parramatta Eels and the Rabbitohs, they've gone back two two losses in a row. Um, but they look better. They look a lot better in those losses than they have been. The game against the, the Manly Seagulls, they just stayed there. They they fought hard. They battled. Um, and if you said that about the Tigers, you'd probably be lying in the past couple of years or weeks. But they've really just, they've found an edge to their footy where they're just getting in a fight, getting in a grind and not letting teams get away from them and not letting teams kick clear like they usually would. Um, and I think Jackson Hastings is very key to that. Brooks, again, is playing some good footy. Their middles, though, in this last month of footy, their middles have been fantastic. The likes of Twile, um, Tamo, and Joe Offerhand Joe Gowie played 80 minutes in the middle last week, and he was... Just an absolute beast um, for the Tigers. So if we look at this game, the Cowboys, they should win now. There's an expectation on the Cowboys, which slightly worries me. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to tip the Tigers, and that's only my heart tipping. They have won two games. Um, they have won their last two Magic Round games. So I don't know what it is. Maybe they'll go up to Magic Round. They spark, they shine, um, and they enjoy it. Um, I, I'm going to go the Tigers. Is that a bit biased? Most likely, yes. Um, but I think, I think they'll, um, they'll really stand up and they'll really just get, get the job done in an absolute fight and it'll be a grind and it'll be a fantastic game because both of these sides love to move the ball, love to play their football. Um, but I'm going to go the Tigers in this one. So that's Magic Round. Magic Round, for mine, as I said earlier, is one of the best rounds of the season. But how can they improve it? If we look at some of the matchups, we've got the Knights and the Bulldogs, Manly Broncos, Warriors Rabbits, Titans Dragons, uh, Sharks Raiders, and Cowboys Tigers. I think moving forward, Magic Round, make it a rivalry round. Could you imagine Magic Round with, on say, let's say, on the Saturday, you've got Manly and Melbourne at 3 o'clock. You got Penrith and the Eels at four at five thirty, and then you finish it off with Souths Roosters. That is just mouth watering, and I think that is only it could be the way moving forward for them to go. Could you imagine a rivalry round at at um Magic Round? It would just go to another level that it already is. It is already a mental week. It is already a festival of rugby league, but. It, I think the introduction of a rivalry round would make it um, 10 times better. It's something which has been suggested before, so I know I'm not the only person to say it, but I just can't. I just love the idea of it, and I think it would be a great idea moving forward. Um, but in saying that, Magic Round, it's going to be a great weekend of rugby league. It always is. Enjoy your Magic Round rugby league. It's fantastic. It's the best round of the season, and I'll see you next time when we wrap it all up and I give my review of what should be one of the rounds of the season.